Hey, Darren, have you been watching us on uh, the Electric Now app? I have. I haven't recently because I, I, I watch you pretty much every week when we're doing these things. But yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's you know what I love about it's the Electric be, Now app? It's better it's on so video. It's so easy to use. It's, it's, it's better really on video. Easy. Download got, the app and you watch us. That's all there is to it. It's so and, simple. And a lot of other cool stuff, too. You go to the app store. It says Electric Now. You download it. And then it, in press, the United States, press the button and there it is. There it is. And you can choose, you can bookmark it. There's plenty of other movies and TV show to enjoy and episodes of all your favorite electric surge podcasts. So why wait, download the electric now app and start enjoying us anytime. If you're a fan of inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love Trexperts briefing room, a Trexperts new series. Briefing room. What is that? I was about to explain. Then you interrupted oh, me. I'm it sorry. Is, it's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the behind the scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you <laughs> can find it on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast feed and on the new Trexperts briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a James Bond fan, you want to pick up my new book, Nobody Does It Better, the complete uncensored oral history of James Bond and Spy Mania. It's a hefty tome and it's available now wherever you purchase books, audiobooks, and digital. Check it out. And I will renew your license to kill personally. Welcome back to Best Movies Never Made, the podcast where we explore interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. I am your co-host, Josh Miller, and with me as always is Mr. Steven Scarlatta. Uh, we are going to pick up our conversation with Rob Schraub uh, about the Heat Vision and Jack movie right where we left off. We got the green light to make it. We got our dream cast. Jack, of course, was thrilled. He wanted to do it. Ron Silver was on the fence about doing it. He wanted to do it, but he had a contract with NBC because he was like, I don't know, on some other show. But that show got canceled. Then we Why got Ron Silver, do you remember? Was there a well, specific a, reason? This, is, this, this, was, this is all a part of my kind of uh, business savvy. When I create something, I kind of look at everything that people like. Like Ben was a big fan of old school Star Trek. Jack, after meeting him, said, oh, I love the $6 million man. I knew Dan liked Knight Rider, and I knew I liked Doctor Who. But when we were meeting with Stiller, I brought all these scud books along. Now, I don't, I don't, you, I don't know if you've ever read the old books, the single issues of scud, but in the, in the beginning of each book, it would have a suggested voice talent so you would have in your head what actor would be playing who. And Ron Silver was written as one of these alien bad guys because I loved 
him from uh, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Uh, <laughs> to, I was like, oh, this guy's amazing. This guy's awesome. I got to put him in something. So, uh, so I wrote like Dreamcast and Stiller was like looking through it. And he was like, Ron Silver. My mom worked with Ron Silver on the Rota show. He's the first guy that got me drunk. <laughs> and I go, I love Ron. Ron's like an old friend of mine. This is really great or whatever. And so I was like, okay, well, I like Ron Silver. Dan likes Ron Silver. Ben likes Ron Silver. So let's just put Ron Silver in there and just lead with what everybody likes. <laughs> so Jack read it and goes, I get to be $6 million man. Dan says, oh, he's talking on a riding vehicle i get to be right night rider and still it gets to, oh i get to do like star trek uh fighting and stuff like that and and ron silver's in it so um it all just kind of fell into place and uh everybody everybody was really really happy with it everybody loved it um all the executives were kind of like hmm okay yeah you know woo okay well, Ben likes it. That's that's great. Cool, cool. But everybody was kind of, all the non-creatives were kind of scratching their heads about it. Anyway, we, we, we shot it. We made it. We did our best. We thought it turned out pretty good. The whole time everybody goes, it's a guaranteed pickup. Guys, start buying your houses, you know. <laughs> just, 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 you know, like, you know, like, oh, oh the upfronts are, you know, don't go anywhere because you guys are going to be flying out to the upfronts. You know, in fact, you should probably buy a ticket now so we can get you there. Buy first class or whatever. And and we were staffing. We say, well, get we start meeting with writers because you're going to want as soon as you get picked up, you're going to have to start a writer's room. And we were meeting with writers and everybody's going, oh, we'd love to be on the show. Really want to be on the show. It's really great. People were like, and they're going, oh, shit, you know, we're getting a lot of flack that Jack's not wearing a helmet while he's riding a motorcycle. Can we kind of start figuring that out? You know, maybe he wears a helmet, maybe he doesn't. And we're like going, oh, shit, there's no show if he's wearing a helmet. That's stupid. <laughs> Stressing out about all these stupid things that had nothing to do uh, with what was about to happen. I remember we were in the middle of a writer's interview for our writer's room for the heat vision jack series and uh one of the executives like goes hey can i talk to you guys for a second comes in sits us down she says I'm not gonna bullshit you we didn't get picked up and that was it it was, <laughs> over. it was over it was like a year and a half of excitement 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 and stress and worried and uh, is this being, is this joke being right? Or is, did we cast the right person as Paragon? And oh gosh, Jack's not wearing a helmet and we might not get Ron Silver and all these sleepless nights about all this stuff. And then it was gone. It was just gone. And it's, it's, and that was the beginning. Cause then shortly after that monster house got shelved. Scud definitely was not going to go anywhere. And we were just, you know, we so you were doing something with the Henson company. Yeah, well, it, that also went nowhere. Like at one point, we met with uh, like Lisa Henson, and we went there, and it was actually really great. You know, we got to see all behind the scenes and stuff, and and I love Jim Henson and I love puppets, and they said, "Look, we are worried about the CG kind of phasing us out." So what we want to do is a Jim Henson kaiju. We kind of want to do like a Johnny Sacco Ultraman movie, but guys in suits. And I was like, 
that's genius. Absolutely, you guys should be doing that. We would love to do that. We would kill to do that. And we tried our best. We wrote, we wrote, we wrote, we wrote, went back and forth. And it just, it just didn't click. It just, it was something like they wanted to do like a kid's movie. We wanted to kind of do something a little bit older. We were not as experienced or as good of writers as we were hoping we were. We were, we were feeling, feeling the strain because it was just, Scott didn't go. Heat Vision and Jack didn't go. Monster House didn't go. So we were a little, you know, like our, our confidence was kind of not there. Um, we pitched a couple of TV series because people were going, oh, you know, Heat Vision Jack didn't work out. We love the pilot, but what else do you got? And then we would pitch something and they go, sounds like Heat Vision and Jack. <laughs> mm. We pitched a, another show with, uh, with Jack called Nostradamus 2000, which was about a guy who was the descendant of Nostradamus who could predict the future, who teamed up with Jason Schwartzman, who was just off of... Uh, uh, um, Rushmore? Or? Rushmore, yeah. That was that it was just off. He was like the youngest uh, C, uh, FBI agent ever hired or whatever. And it was going to be him teamed up with Jack as Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds hilarious. It was, and, and it was like, okay, we're going to do everything. We're, because everybody was like going, he fishing Jack was... Why isn't it funny? Why is it so funny? It was, there's no jokes in it. And we were like, going, well, we were trying to commit to that. that we didn't want to make the jokes in your face. We wanted to commit to the, the 80s. We, the commitment to this dumb idea is the joke. And that did not fly. Uh, so we said, well, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to put the jokes in your face. And the jokes, it was a lot more sci-fi than Heat Vision and Jack. And then the jokes were there. I haven't read the script in a long time. I'm sure it's not that great. I'm sure it did not have the joy that uh, Heat Vision and Jack did. But um, for a long time, we were like, yeah, they can only do that kind of Heat Vision and Jack stuff. That's the, they can't really do anything else. I mean, I remember seeing from our, the boot, bootleg copy, which is funny to know that that was all because of you <laughs> getting it out in the world. Might be. Um, but, uh, you know, not like I had any delusions that just because you made something good, it was going to get made and that the pilots yeah. that didn't get picked up were yeah. bad. But I definitely felt like that, like almost crushed my confidence. Like watching that, I was like, you can make something that turned out that exactly what they, you could just feel that that was exactly what all you guys yeah. wanted it to be. Yeah, and then it doesn't get picked up. It almost gave me and my friends, um, I think, especially because at that age, you know, that was kind of the the becoming the popular style of comedy. Like Anchorman hadn't quite hit yet, but you know, I felt like everyone sort of independently was doing a lot of that stuff, and it was just like, fuck, that's like exactly what yeah. I would have wanted to do, and the industry didn't want it. Uh, well, yeah, always... it, it's really it's really frustrating. I've heard this story many times. I've heard it both ways. I've heard like Yo Gabba, the guys that did Yo Gabba Gabba came up to me and said, look, we did Yo Gabba Gabba because we saw Heat Vision and Jack. And we saw there's some guys that just did what they wanted to do. So we got the money together. We did the pilot for Yo Gabba Gabba on our own and then became whatever. So and I've heard many, many stories like that. 
uh, but also stories about like, wow, if that can't get made, what will? And but it is funny. Sorry, Steve. Steve you, I cut oh, you off. Yeah. What are you saying, Steve? Oh no, I was going to say when I when I saw it, but what always drive me crazy in my mind was like, man, what would the future episodes been like of this show? Uh, I was just wondering if you had any other concepts of future episodes actually, you guys had. You know, I do. Talk amongst yourself. I do have that somewhere. Uh, while you're looking up, I was just going to say that it is interesting, though, because, uh, you know, I have a whole podcast here about the movies, but unmade TV shows, uh, there are just as many of and usually you never get end up hearing about them, but Heat Vision and Jack kind of, it does exist for a show that no one was supposed to ever see, yeah. managed to take on its weird life of its own, and it's almost like it did get, it's basically just, it was a short. It's like a short film mm-hmm. released yeah. out into the world on the internet eventually. And you could make a big, a, a, a pretty good argument that Dan and I, especially me, were not ready to have the responsibility of a show. Uh, we were very young. We were still figuring out our, how to write. We were being told, this is how you do it. That's not how you do it. And and we were listening to the wrong people. It could have very well have been a disaster. It could have been very well um, something that no, they kind of blew it that way. You know, I've I've heard many stories of like, oh, you know, for an afternoon you were picked up for eight episodes, but then somebody said, why are we doing this? And <laughs> Joe's too expensive. But okay, well, I found a list of yeah of uh, potential episodes that Dan actually wrote up, uh, and I'll send this to you too. Um, Dan wrote these up during like the pitch, just to kind of, and he would read this. To the, to the potential networks that we were pitching this to. Jack, having been bit by a werewolf, finds that the only way to reverse the cure is by eating a pound of silver. He and Heat Vision have no choice but to rob a bank. Jack and Heat Vision help a Mexican village fend off killer ants. Hey, you got the ants back in there. Yeah, I got the ants back, okay. A very special Heat Vision and Jack. While Jack is busy fighting a man-eating shark, Heat Vision falls in love with a woman who has merged with a horse. She dies. <laughs> Jack versus his only intellectual match, a villainous supercomputer. In the blood-curdling second act, Jack and Heat are downloaded into virtual reality, which is very much different from real life. The color is reversed. Uh, on board a cruise ship, Jack finds himself playing bodyguard to a cranky old magician. <laughs> Heat Vision helps a special little girl cover, overcome a terminal il- illness. The mafia is trying to kill all four of them. Guest stars George Plimpton, Tim Conway. <laughs> George Plimpton. George Plimpton and Tim Conway, the comedy duo of the 90s. Remember Jack when- and he- George Plimpton used to host uh, the Disney's Mousterpiece Theater, which was like their Masterpiece Theater parody, basically. Anyway. I, I remember him from the Intellivision commercials. Mm. Oh, I don't remember those. Uh, yeah. They're very, very smug. Yeah, very like Atari can't do what we do kind of stuff. Uh, due to a severe thunderstorm, Heat Vision and Jacks must spend a whole night in a haunted house. 
The only irritating thing about this one is Heat Vision's voice is done by some other guy. Owen Wilson was doing a movie or something. They try to cover it up by saying he's got cold in the in the rain, but that's dumb because he's a bike and he's totally underwater for like 10 hours in the polar bear episode and he didn't sound like Kermit then. Jan Jack makes it with a ghost lady. <laughs> Jack makes it with a ghost lady. <laughs> There's like so many of these. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, send definitely. Them. Send them. Oh, thank you. I'm, now I'm even more bummed. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> so I, when, I guess I, so I downloaded into the chat. I guess I could. Virtual reality back in the... I know. <laughs> so when did the oh, feature... <laughs> right after Lawnmower Man. <laughs> But you know, I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, it was it was like yeah, high stress, high. That's like the idea of like don't hold on so much. Save your energy, because be present when you're working on something. Be present. I'm going to do the best pitch I can, and if it goes well, we'll deal with what happens afterwards. Oh, it went well. I got hired to write a script. Okay, right now I'm just going to concentrate on writing the best script I can. Not going to think ahead. Oh, the script they love. They're going to option it to, or they're going to, they're greenlighting it to be made into a pilot. Okay, let's just make the best pilot we can. And, you know, this is fun while we're doing it. Enjoy it while you were doing it. We weren't enjoying it enough while we were doing it, I think. Yeah. Uh, we were like going, getting gone. Oh, shit. I don't know, man. This is not. <laughs> mm. Oh, I wish this these special effects don't look shitty enough. They're, everybody's doing it. Everybody's stupid or whatever. You know, we were a lot well, of I, that. Have I heard you say that even though the whole idea of the show was that it was going to be cheap because you were doing all these shitty special effects, that it was actually extremely expensive? Yeah, yeah, it was extreme. It was like $2.7 million, which I was like, why is this so expensive? Why is this so expensive? And there were little things like, well, first of all, Everybody got a really good deal. Ben got a crazy deal. Jack got a crazy deal. Dan and I, because we got into a bidding war between NBC and uh, Fox, got a really great deal. So even before anything got started, there was a ton of money being spent. Then you start taking into a, things that we didn't really understand. We wrote it like, oh, we see Knight Rider and $6 million man always in the desert. Let's write it in the desert. Well, the nearest desert is an hour away. So now you're like, <laughs> we're now we're like going, okay, well now we're going on like all these locations and it's like really expensive to do that. Uh, uh, it's just like, oh, having a, we had three different motorcycles built. Um, we always were like going, just get one motorcycle and somebody will be off camera, like moving it, you know, like, no, 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 we're going to have hydraulics and it's going to be puppeted <laughs> and stuff like that. And it just was like, I think because of all the names involved and because it was a Fox show, people are like going, we got to do this right. It's not going to be a cheap, shitty show. And I'm like, but it was it's supposed to be a cheap, shitty show. You're supposed to embrace it. Like, it costs a lot of money to pretend it's shitty. Well, yeah, it, 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 they they kind of got, I think they got scared about making it too shitty. And then they started, like, investing money into it. And I don't know, we were just along for the ride. We were, like, going, okay, well, if you want to make three different motorcycles, uh, I guess 
were we to say no, you guys have done this more than we have. You know, the Garth Marenghi, Dark Place, that's how you do it. They did it right. Things were done, one location, the stuff was silly. It was, it was, it was done really, really well. I think that is the best version of that kind of ironic show, I think is Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, absolutely. I think it's way funnier than Heat Vision and Jack, uh, and I love Heat Vision and Jack. But we, I don't know, we just got swept up. I always wanted Heat Vision and Jack to be a late night HBO show. Something that you would, that's how I was pitching it. I was like, this should be something that you nobody stumble hears. upon. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's like you come home drunk, you're flipping channels and you go, what is this? I mean, that's how I first saw Tenacious D's show i'm just like what I, the <laughs> that's how i discovered doctor who you know and you would go mm-hmm. or 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 like I, I discovered you know uh sctv you know like i would go oh, yeah if you armani python you know did you heard this show and nobody at school would know what you're talking about who watches public television <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> night flight back in the day yeah oh i love night flight yeah dynaman i mean come on like that mm-hmm. kind of late night you know, you're a teenager, I can't sleep, let's turn on the TV, and what bizarre shit is there? That's what it was supposed to be. And people who want to make money do not want to hear that. They do not <laughs> want to go, I mean, because I would go, this is made to be a cult show. And they hear cult, they hear failure, they hear no money. And I, when, when we say it's a cult thing, we go, I got to see that. If I've never heard of it, I want it even more. Yeah. They uh, back then I was I was uh, really really you don't think cult stuff is cooler <laughs> than popular stuff? Did popular they test? stuff is dumb, right? Everybody knows yeah. that. I mean, did they test it at all to audiences? Yeah, it's tested horribly. Oh no, horribly. They're just testing it on the wrong people. Is always the Absolutely. problem. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, people are going. I don't know. I just like uh, it. Just doesn't make any sense. Like. He's like, why is the bike called Heat Vision? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that it's called Heat Vision. And like, why is why is Ron Silver so strong? He's just a <laughs> just really dumb questions. And like, 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 you know, people. And I remember like one young woman was like, uh, people kept saying, well, maybe kids would like it or young people would like it, but I hate it. And then like a. a uh, like this you know, like early 20-year-old woman, well, I guess I'm supposed to like it, but I didn't get it. I didn't think it was, why is this, does it, why are the effects bad? I mean, Ben Stiller comes out and says that they're better than the new Star Wars movie, and clearly they're not. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it, it just was, it just, it did not, people just, it was, I mean, nowadays people, I think, would get it. Oh yeah. I also would I also would say that it wasn't we didn't commit to the style enough. You were supposed to see like rickety sets. You were supposed to see where they like, close the door and the whole like wall shakes that Yeah, kinda... it was supposed to be in that kind of plan 9 Edward like mm-hmm. mistake stuff that uh, I think people were kind of I think a lot of this there was like a soundtrack on it that was like more cool than accurate. It was just it was I don't know. I, 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 there was the original draft also had a lot of jokes in it that I think were funny that I think were a mistake taken out because people were like going, "Oh, we don't want it to be in your face 
funny. We want it to be more subtle. Um, there was like a Ted Knight-esque Super Friends narrator that was really, really funny. It's like, Heat Vision and Jack driving on the run from Ron Silver. <laughs> it was like, uh, and then he would like kind of like start to shit talk and the audience is like, yeah, well, you probably don't know where they're going, but I don't see you having a TV show. So, you know, what? <laughs> it would be really, really, that doesn't make sense, but, you know, talk to the hand or whatever. But it was really, it was, I, I can't find that draft anywhere. But it's, Well, and so how long passed before you started thinking of it, the feature version? Almost immediately. Almost immediately. Like there was a, a moment where just before we got shit canned, the writing on the wall is like, you guys might get shit canned. And uh, I kind of said casually, well, if this gets shit canned, we should definitely do this as a movie. And people perked up and go, yeah, that's a good idea. And uh, I gotta be careful here because I don't want to name names because <laughs> it, 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 there was some shitty stuff that was being done. But anyway, the idea was we were at that time kind of, you know, trying to find our next job. And we kept hearing rumors. Hey, I hear you're doing the Heat Vision and Jack movie. Congratulations. That pilot was awesome. And I was like, we're not doing it. We, we talked about it. We said it would be a good idea. But, you know, I mean, we wish, you know. And we kept hearing this over and over again i was like wow word got around maybe it's just hopeful thinking that and it just kind of rubbed salt in our wound that everybody loved our pilot but we didn't get picked up and eventually our agency intercepted a email that went to every agency except uta the people that represented us jack black and ben stiller hey we're looking for writers for the heat vision and jack movie send us your people and everything went crazy for a bit like they tracked down whoever said this i'm not going to say and said all right they were involved with the tv show and they're like are you fucking crazy we gave ben stiller and jack black to you on a silver platter and you do this to us and rob and dan have the right to first refusal you are in breach of contract. You can't do this. And then, and everybody was like, well, we heard that Rob and Dan didn't want to do this. And I, and I was like, nobody asked us. I was the one that said, let's do it as a movie. What are you talking about? <coughs> and so eventually we were brought in. Uh, it was like the, the right, the, the heat vision and Jack movie was transferred to another production company People, because like Austin Powers was like huge at the time and people were like going, oh, maybe this could be like an Austin Powers. And uh, so we met with the people that sent out this email and now they had to work with us. So now we're being, we have to work with these people who didn't want to work with us because we kind of read between the lines and found out we like the idea. We don't like how Ben directed it we're not really crazy about the script and we're unsure about jack but we like the idea <laughs> but we love it we love the idea so we were hoping to go in a different direction but um 
I guess we have to work with Rob and Dan. So we go in there and uh, we kind of find out very quickly that they haven't watched the pilot or read the script. They just heard that people liked it. And so we're pitching it, pitching what it, we think it should be, what it should be. And they're like, going, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound very good or whatever. It sounds too sci-fi, sounds too inside. Sound, why is he, you know, the same kind of dumb ideas, you know, like why isn't this funnier? Why is it so committed to this? this thing that nobody really understands what it was like people were saying to us, I think the problem with heat vision and Jack is nobody knows what you're spoofing. And I'm like, really? Cause everybody I've talked to when they see that title sequence knows exactly what we're spoofing and, and, and not to, not to slight myself, but it's an incredibly derivative show. It's derivative <laughs> of so many things that, we're successful and popular and that's the point of it. So I think, so there was a lot of conversations like this and we went back and forth and back and forth. We would pitch one idea, they would hate it. We'd pitch another idea, they would hate it. And then we just kind of go, look, these guys don't want to work with us. They're never going to let us do the movie we really know we want to want to do. It's just going to kill us to do the version they want. And we eventually said, hey, we know the movie you want us to make. We're never going to do it. Never going to do it. So we're ba backing out. We backed out. And that was it, you know? And then we heard uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of people that became really good friends of ours, actually. Like um, Pam Brady did a, a draft. Uh, I think Scott Ackerman did one. Or maybe he did, or maybe he pitched on it. Um, Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, who did like uh, the the Friday the Thirteenth reboot with uh, Platinum Dues, they uh, were asked to do it. They read what we were planning on doing and go, "Why aren't you doing this? This is so, this <laughs> like, is." What exactly. were, do you know what were these other versions like? Like, how did I they? Really no, I just heard a lot. You know, I remember reading Pam Pam's script. I don't remember a lot of it. It was. It was, uh, at, at the time, people were thinking, like, it should be more like an airplane movie. It should be more like The Naked Gun. So I, the drafts or the pages that I was reading, and I don't know if it was Pam's, definitely had that Don't Call Me Shirley kind of stuff, which at that point I was like going, well, this is, the Zucker Brothers aren't even doing Zucker Brothers movies. Yeah. Why, why are we taking our thing that is been heralded as like this is like kind of the new thing and making it old or it, it just seemed like the people who were making the decisions really did not get why this thing was loved ever it was this all before anchorman had come out i'm just curious yes yes okay. yes way before so this is still still really early 2000s um Anyway, we kept hearing things in that and going, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to even think about it. I don't want to get my heart broken because now Heat Vision and Jack has broken our heart twice. Uh, eventually, um, like around 2000, okay, so Jack starts getting huge. Jack starts getting big. 
and Stiller is becoming a force to reckon with. You know, like he's like a, a like he's doing like big movies. I don't remember Night what. Night of the Museum. And Night of the Museum. Like I think it was around there or before there, but he was doing. He was like a big deal. Uh, and Jack was becoming. This was right after uh, School of Rock. Yeah. And uh, and people were like going, hey, let's take a look at Heat Vision and Jack. And hey, Stiller. Why don't we, because eventually, because in those early days, they didn't want Ben. They didn't even want Jack. Now they want Ben. Now they want Jack. They said, hey, Stiller, would you like to produce this? And he said, yeah, if all those other people are gone. And Rob and Dan write it. So he went to bat for us. He says, get rid of everybody that we're telling Rob and Dan that's not it. That's not what this movie is, because they're the only ones that know what this movie should be. I want those guys back and want those guys out. So Stiller is was really, really stood up for us. And Jack was like really, really tight friends with Harmon. You know, they did they did commuter computer computer man on channel 101. So Jack was doing acting for free uh, <laughs> when he was like getting like huge, huge, huge money. Um so he was like, whatever you guys do, whatever you guys do. At one point, uh, at around that same time, I was like being looked at to direct the the Pick of Destiny. Um, or actually, I was there to kind of maybe write it. Uh, but then that turned into directing it uh, because like, Jack and Kyle wanted to write it. And that fell through. But I always was like, well, I got Heat Vision and Jack, which was what I really want to do, write that movie. Um, and Stiller was like, and the, everybody was like, okay, great. We got the dream team. We got Jack interested. Ben is going to produce this. Rob and Dan are going to write this. And Ben was like, and then Dan, Ben's going to direct this. And Ben was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to direct this. Schraub has got to direct this. Schraub has got to direct this movie. And everybody was like, okay. <laughs> All right. It's like Rob's a Rob's a great director. He's the only one that can do, can do this, and and he was again going to bat for me. At that time, I was like working. I, I did some work on Zoolander. I did a I finished a season of uh, the Sarah Silverman program. Uh, so I was I was I was like up for it. I wanted to do it, but they wanted they wanted Stiller. They did not want me. But anyway, they wanted a script. So uh, at that time. I gotta be careful, you know. This was during. <laughs> I gotta be careful because I don't want. I don't want anything to get because you say anything like. That. But at this time, this was right after the Sarah Silverman program, uh, first season, and Dan left the Sarah Silverman program under not the best of circumstances. He got fired. That's like whatever. <laughs> I think it's people not, know. That's not the yeah. Everybody yeah, knows. Dan knows. Sarah knows. And they're friends now. We're all friends. It's all great. And, uh, and, and so there was, and I stayed and there was tension. There was tension. Um, and here we've got this heat vision and Jack movie. Dan was working on acceptable TV, which was like this MTV produced show, which basically was the channel 101 TV show. And he was like putting all of his effort into that. I was putting all of my effort into the Sarah Silverman program. And here we had the Heat Vision and Jack movie. And we kept on trying to get together and control. And Dan was just not interested in looking back. Dan wanted to move forward. I was like going, 
And for the longest time, I was the one like going, no, this is our chance. We can take one. We can do what we did with Monster House, you know, like, and actually Dan was not a fan of what happened with Monster House. <laughs> he was publicly said. Uh, uh, and it's like, but this is a way, like, Stiller's going to let me direct it. It's not going to be a Monster House situation. We can write it. Jack's going to be in it. I'll direct it. You'll be there. Let's make it. But I, I think the tension of me staying or the tension of Dan wanting to prove that he didn't have to look back. He wanted to do something forward. Uh, around that time, the I believe, like, Acceptable TV was not a fun experience. He was having issues with what they wanted versus what he wanted. And it looked like it, it was, I think it got canceled or it looked like it was not getting canceled. It was just a very exhaustive show. Everybody was kind of tired and exhausted, not a lot of success. And it just, it turned, it went from being a something that Dan and I are going to write together to me writing it by myself. And the, the, the idea was like, I, and before this time, I had never written really anything alone other than Scud. And Dan and I were very, very close. And Dan is a genius writer. And he's very good, very fast at what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Um, and I learned a lot from him, but I was terrified about the idea of writing alone, right? A feature script alone. Uh, so what I did was I like, okay, obviously you're busy. Look, let me write up an outline of what I think this movie could be. Wrote up an outline, sent it, one, wrote up a, a one-page outline, sent it to him. He never read it. By the time, you know, like two weeks went by, he's like, hey, don't read that one. I wrote another one. This one's five pages long. You didn't read that one. Month goes by. <laughs> don't read that one. I wrote one that's like 20 pages long. Just gave you some dialogue, some jokes and stuff like that. And then eventually he never read any of them. I never, I, I was, okay, okay, this is a 40-page outline, 50-page outline, 60-page. And then when it, around like 60-page, I'm like, you know something, fuck it. I kind of, it would be easier to really pitch what I think this movie should be if I just kick out a shitty draft. I kicked out a shitty draft. And, uh, and I remember like, he was not going to read it. He's not going to read it. It's like the only way he's going to get to read it is if we do a table reading of it. So I said, okay, let's do a table reading of it. Let's get all of the actors from Acceptable TV, our older pizza, and then we'll read it. And we read it, and it went over great. Everybody was laughing. It was really, really funny. And Dan was even, like, laughing. He was thinking it was great. It was really cool. Um, and then I, and I said, so all we need is for you to just do your pass on it. And then we'll send it to Red Hour, which was Stiller's company. And and we might get this made, you know. And at that time, it was like, oh, we don't know if the Sarah Silverman program is going to get picked up for a second season. And in my mind, I'm like going, we're going to get this made. I'm going to not go back to the Sarah Silverman program because I'm going to be directing the Heat Vision and Jack movie. Uh, anyway... Dan was involved with a bunch of stuff, sat on it, sat on it, sat on it. Like one month turned into two months, turned into three months. And then I was like going, Dan, Red Hour has been waiting a year. They are not, they're calling us, but I'm the only one returning the phone calls. They're yelling at me. Can we, it's a first draft. Can we at least give them my draft with the idea that you will eventually, when you get a chance, do your pass on it. And Dan was like, all right, I guess so. And 
he sent it off. Now I'm shitting my pants because again, I've never written anything this size by myself. So I gave it, uh, sent it to, at the time the producer was the late Stuart Kornfeld, who just died recently, who uh, I adore. He's, uh, he's responsible for a lot of Ben's biggest successes uh, on the film side and also worked with David Lynch, Elephant Man, worked on The Fly remake. Uh, he's just, just a fantastic, fantastic guy. And I owe him a lot because he read the draft and he said, hey, come in, I have some notes. And I'm like, oh shit, here it comes. And I went in, I sat down, and I said, okay, well, we got, a, we got a bunch of notes and we've typed them up here for you. And it's like this big document. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is my nightmare. And, and I'm looking through it and it's like, page one, we need a comma after here. This one's <laughs> Jesus. Blah, 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 this, 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 this. And I'm like going, these are all spelling and grammar. <laughs> Aren't it? What, do you? What are, aren't there any jokes of like, this isn't funny or this doesn't make sense or whatever? Like, no, we love the script. We laughed throughout. Everybody in, in, the, in, 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 the, in the building has read it and they love it. They think it's great. We think, fix these, proofread the fucker. <laughs> At least proofread it and we can send it to Stiller and we can get this going. But I think this is great. And so Kornfeld was the very first person to say, you're a good writer. You can do this. You don't, you can do this. And anyway, so I, I, I was like, this is great. So it's only going to get better if Dan gets it, does his pass on it. And eventually like our relationship at the time, like frayed and it, it got to the point where I was like going, please, I'm not going to be able to direct my first feature unless you do this. And it's just it's like guilt and anger and friendship and whatever and all this other stuff. And well, I don't deserve this. And you, well, what about me and whatever. And eventually it just kind of a communication broke down. And and I had to go to them, I'd go to Red Hour and say, hey, look, I don't think Dan's going to ever want to do a pass on this. Why don't you give me, would you guys be open to me just writing it on my own and they were like going absolutely you're the one that says what you you say i'll deliver it by this date and you deliver it by this date we didn't we, we weren't getting that when dan was involved all due respect to dan i mean his heart was just not in it and and he has every right to not do it if he doesn't want it but um and I feel bad about the breakdown that happened and everything's great now. And we're, we're closer than ever. And I'm working on Rick and Morty and I worked on community and I won two Emmys with him. Uh, and so it's great now. We, you know, when you know somebody that long, you're going to have like these peaks and valleys anyway, mm -hmm. but it was a valley that both of us had to go through where it finally snapped the cord, where it's just like all those insecurities you're with a, in a, a, a partnership where it's just mm -hmm. like, who's got the who's got the juice? Is it me? Is it him? Is it me? Is it? <laughs> and you're on the back of your head. It's like it's totally him. I don't know. I'm just I'm riding on the coattails. And this is the first time that we kind of split apart, and both of us didn't die. You know, like I was able to become like do directing as a profession and was able to do 
Heat Vision and Jack as a script, you know? So I, I got a bunch of notes, I redid it, and uh, I wrote the script. I, w- I did like about five drafts of it, and I sent you the script. I don't know if you guys read it or Yeah, anything. we did. Oh, I did, yeah. And uh, I, I was very proud of it. I was very proud of it. I worked really, really hard on it. I mean, we'd love to talk about the script. Um, I mean, do you want to give the audience kind of a a summary? It's basically an expanded version of the pilot in a lot right. of ways. Um, right. Paragon yeah. is the villain. I mean, there's far more going on with him than that. I was yes. curious, uh, now Ron Silver is Maximilian Delgado Silver. Was the idea right. still going to be played by ron silver or you kind of split it off in your i mind? believe at the time ron silver had died at that point i'm oh, trying okay. to remember what, what point i can't remember I, how I, long ago that was that he died it, it was either that or one of the one of the the notes that we kept getting was does it have to be ron silver, silver the actor does it <laughs> a little bit too meta and so i kind of I, so I spelled silver with a Y and I said, well, mm-hmm. let's just push it through with the idea that it'll be a Ron Silver type or it's Ron Silver playing this guy that's not the actor or whatever. But let's just let's just kind of I was, again, trying to play ball because I got burned so many times by not playing ball and, and just to, I was just trying to do my best. But the idea of the of the movie was. Heat Vision and Jack is the origin of Heat Vision and Jack. And it's basically that little flashback that you see in the jail of Jack saying, my name is Jack Austin. I used to be an astronaut. And he goes through the whole origin of how he became uh, the smartest man in the world in front of uh, whenever he stood in sun- sunlight and Heat Vision became Heat Vision. And so uh, that was basically... I don't even think it was the first act. I, I read it recently, like after just preparing for this, and I was like, holy shit, we're cruising here. Like I think <laughs> page eight, I think page fifteen or eighteen, they're they're Heat Vision and Jack and they're on the run mm-hmm. from Ron Silver. Like they it's just like page one, he goes up in a rocket. By page three, he's the smartest man in the universe. Page five, he's on Heat Vision. I like I was cruising because I was like, Yeah, let's get the title sequence out of the way and get to the fun i don't want to wait a half an hour before he's the smartest man in the world i want to see i I think uh one of the first things that i really laughed at because i'm a big fan of just this general style uh and i love with things like this too that i mean i don't know how you felt if, if you remember what you were thinking while writing it um but you can kind of lean into this style of joke to help the explanation. Uh, Cause the thing that first really got me was when he wakes up after his accident in the hospital, he's like, what happened? And the doctor's like, well, I think you can probably explain that better than we can. Yeah. Uh, and then he immediately just starts monologuing about what yeah, happened yeah, to him. And I, now he's so smart. <laughs> I really, I thought I forgot I did that. And I was like, Oh, well, that's an interesting way of just <laughs> info dumping it. He's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, well, the sun's about to come up in like a minute. So you can explain that better than I. She opens up the blinds and we have our first smart sequence is what we call it. <laughs> and then he just like goes on this kind of rattled off super uh, sci-fi babble talk, which I, 
I fell in love with doing, obviously, in the script. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in that. Uh, I feel like I wrote, what was this bit? Uh, the, the idea of the script was Jack is, there is a, um, a mystery, uh, like why all these things that were accidents, like he accidentally got so close to the stun, we find out it wasn't an accident. We find out that there is a sinister uh, person in the shadows, puppet Secretly mastery, running NASA. NASA that that Jack's Jack was supposed to die in this shuttle accident, but what they were trying to do is test to see if they could get a shuttle to orbit the sun, so it could like get slingshot Apollo 13 style into going at the speed of light because of the gravitational pull, which is the same way uh, they go back in time in Star Trek four to save the whales. So I'm just like picking from all. <laughs> so they, because like the guy in the, in the back, in the background uh, that's puppet mastering uh, NASA actually is an alien that wants to go back in time so he can apologize to his girlfriend for calling her the C word. So he can. Uh, I was gonna say the the build up, uh, which is more obvious when you're reading the script, uh, to one of the great stupid jokes in the movies, because the villain is T R Neela, and you can immediately see reading it that Neela is alien backwards. Yeah, but then there's some. So yeah, because his full name is Tenal Pretona Morph, Neela. and then at some point. Uh, Heat vision, because of course there's a lot more with the heat vision uh, and Jack like being friends and their relationship. And you kind of add in this one that's sort of the arc that when Jack is really smart, he's just like an asshole. And heat yeah. vision's like, you can't lose your humanity. And at the point in the movie where they've gotten a big fight and aren't talking to each other, um, when they're in TR Neela's like fancy mansion and he's like pampering them because he wants Jack to fix the, I think the amalgamator, is that the device that yeah, made that's him the, smart? And... That's the thing that, 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 Ron, uh, that uh, Mr. Silver zaps Doug with, that merges uh, Doug with heat vision. But really like the, the amalgamizer is supposed to help the shuttle go back in time, and but they can't get it to work and Jack as the smartest man in the world is supposed to fix it. And what he says, the polarity needs to be reversed. Instead of merging space and time, it needs to divide space and time. So, <laughs> so this thing is going to divide space and time so we could go back in time, but also this thing that was, once the polarity is reversed, uh, you can unmerge Doug from the bike. So just all you have to do is sleep with the enemy fix this thing and tr neela the uh alien from another planet is like i just want to go back in time and leave the world alone and you'll be able to unmerge your friends so uh and then but what they don't find out is that he wants to go back in time to apologize to his girlfriend for calling her the c word <laughs> for calling her the c word <laughs> because they were on a uh they were on a, a like a, a like a a, a a lover's retreat, but it turned out to be a business trip, because he landed on the moon back on back in the '60s to survey the Earth to see if it would be easy to invade, uh, 
uh, and but before he uh, could report back to his home planet of Paragon, he gets into a fight with his girlfriend, calls her the C word, and then she leaves without him stranded on the moon. And then he turns around, and there's Neil Armstrong, on the, like, like, and that's why they that, had to the fake the moon landing. They had to fake the moon landing because the real footage shows Neela like being shaking his fist, like, "Come back!" <laughs> and so they find out if he unmerges space from time, goes back in time, and goes back, and it does apologize and is forgiven, is. He's going to report back to his home planet, and Earth's going to get invaded and wiped out. But I got to thank you guys for letting me read, because, like, I, at the time, worked really, really hard on it. And, you know, I kind of, I was like, wow, I, I lost, like, my best friend over this thing. I, I This could be the beginning of my feature directing career. I didn't get the Tenacious D movie, but this is what I really want to do. I've got Stiller saying, I really want Rob to doing this. This is, people are loving the script. And it was, again, one of those things where it got, people were liking it, people were liking it, people were liking it. And then somebody was like, why are we spoofing a TV show that doesn't exist as a feature? <laughs> Boom. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I never finished saying my favorite stupid joke of oh, okay. the bad guy was that when they're being pampered in his mansion, which y'all described, this is an example of how fancy it is. There's a flat TV mini bar, jalapeno poppers, totally <laughs> high end. Um, but Jack is in his room and there's a painting behind him of Tenelap, Griptona, Morph, Nelia, and in, uh, Heat visions like mirror, he sees that that spelled backwards is uh, alien from another planet. Was, <laughs> and yeah, oh my god! <laughs> I, I did. Re I, I I forgot about that scene, and I do remember. It's like heat vision is like gonna go to bed. He's a motorcycle in like this room, and he and he leans up against the. He looks at this post. This giant painting and he's like what kind of a name is Tenelp and he turns around and leans up against the bed and he falls asleep starts falling asleep and then you see his headlight go on and then, oh, his, yeah. and then his mirror goes down and turns around and then just like zoom on alien from another planet and he's like Jack <laughs> and I was like oh man that's such a fun moment that would well, have been this is the so kind great. of humor too that you can't explain to someone who doesn't yeah. think it's funny because it's funny because it's not funny which is yeah, sort of uh, impossible there's, to there's so many jokes in the script I want to bring up but I'll just destroy them like that you know destroy them. I, <laughs> well, I no, there was this like him trying to break into the to the technologies place to get rid of the guards. There's this great like montage of him putting together a weapon. Like, like. Oh, uh, I was gonna. Uh, I, uh, I missed oh, no, my all, note, but I was gonna say that uh, maybe my fa favorite single joke is to get rid of one of the guards. He just like whispers something for a while in his ear, and the guy's like, you know, you've destroyed my entire worldview, and just like crumples up in a ball. <laughs> oh yeah, are you gonna say, Steve, the thing where they do this super complicated montage that involves yeah. like Heat Vision is fishing, mm -hmm. and the payoff for that is that he just makes some kind of fish juice that he squirts on a guy, and then a bear 
runs out of the woods and attacks him. Oh yeah, that just uh, destroyed me. It was just a out there. Yeah, <laughs> I was dying. Well, lots of things. They get in a big bar fight. I yeah. love brawls. I was so happy that we put a bar brawl into Sonic oh, yeah, the put Hedgehog a bar, bar and it got stayed in there. Um, but like where the f- one sorry, of the go. evil bikers, like he, he's fighting Heat Vision, and Heat Vision, like you know, spins his tires on his like butt to like you know burn a hole in his pants. But then when Silver shows up later, he's like, "Tell me more about it." And he's like, "You know, he attacked me." And the biker like shows him his burnt butt. And Silver touches his like red butt cheeks, and he's like, mm, "Still warm," as though you know they, they've just been here. <laughs> I I forgot so many uh, of those jokes that I was like, "God, that that was funny." I was really nervous about reading it again before doing this because I'm like, "Oh man, it's so long since I've read it," and I don't know, man. And then I started reading, and I was like, I was surprised with how fast it was chugging along. I also was so um excited to hear like the joy in the writing that i feel like 10 years later that i look back i go gosh just writing before you know you can write or not is so much it's like watching a kid drawing a crayons for the first time and they're just like i made this guy pink because why not you know and this yeah. duck green and whatever and it's just they're having so much fun but then when you start going to art school and you want to ah fuck, i can't draw noses you know it's like the, the that kind of shit and just if you're a new writer if you are new and young and or old and new uh hold on to that enthusiasm because the once somebody goes you're you're a good writer things change when you don't know you're a a a good writer or not and you're just writing to have fun there's nothing like reading that you can feel the enthusiasm like uh, a friend of mine who who also saw the heat vision uh reading uh like Hey, can I see that script? And I sent it to him, and, and he like texted me. He said, "I can hear you smiling while I'm reading." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I can too." And it it was really I, I was amazed with how like how much joy was in each word, each line, and how tight it was, and how thought out. Because I did do many, many drafts. It says draft five, but I did many more drafts than that. And I just wanted it to be good because I was like this. This is going to be my feature film debut. And uh, I was surprised, like, wow, there's actually a pretty decent arc for these two guys. It's a story about... Oh, yeah, Heat Vision gets destroyed, the sad moment. And I did like that, too, where uh, Jack, the sun has gone down, uh, and so he's getting stupider. And I can't remember exactly the mechanisms, but there's, like, a shaft of light that comes in, and he's able to, like, angle the pieces of uh, Heat Vision's mirrors just enough to bounce the sun onto his forehead so he gets just smart enough for a second to rebuild uh heat vision into heat vision 2000 as you call him in the script yeah Uh, and he's able to like fly that up into the air and they like stick onto the side of the space shuttle where the bad guy's going out in space yeah the bad guys like eventually because jack fixes the amalgamizer and he's going to go through the plan of going back in time to apologizing his to his girlfriend and uh means like the, the evasion will be back on the invasion's so. going to be back on and the earth is going to be toast and heat vision and jack have got to go save uh uh 
save the day and like Heat Vision 2000 gets to take out uh, Mr. Silver. Uh, he says, remember me? You killed me twice. Like, <laughs> it's like it, there's a lot of really, really fun stuff in there. That, like Heat Vision, that scene is my, that yeah, Heat Vision like comes my... back. He turns back into Owen Wilson and he has to make the choice to go back into the bike to save the day. Because Jack it's... promises him at the beginning, he says, whatever happens, buddy, I promise I'll get you out of this. And And Jack is like, realizes like, and that's when he's smart Jack, you know, so like smart Jack's arc is he's not going to be a completely emotionalist Vulcan when he's smart. He's actually going to be a, a caring, empathetic person. Um, and Jack, dumb Jack, is actually going to be somebody who's not shallow. And actually there's a love interest that he was interested in because she said, I rejects him, you know, I, I, I am not, I'm, I'm only interested, I'm only interested in you because you rejected me. And wh what I like about that is they actually don't get together at the end. They become mm -hmm. yeah, I think you described it, they have an awkward hug. Is yeah, their they, final moment. Think it's all set up that they're going to like kiss lean in and that's going to be it. But it's like, no, hello. But, uh, you know, like uh, Jack, smart Jack realizes the only way to save the day is by him grabbing TR. Yeah, I even wrote it down. He says, I figure when I get too close to the sun, my brain will double expand. The psychokinetic energy will explode like an atom bomb. I'm taking Neela down with me. Tell Courtney, I think she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be like this heroic thing where he, he says, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to save the world and I'm going to unmerge you from the bike. And like, so Heat Vision 2000 falls over and then Owen Wilson is just like, dude, dude, what the fuck, man? So like now this guy who was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a bike is like, I, I was better off being a, being a motorcycle because when he was, when he was a human, he was a couch potato. He was just sitting, getting sat stoned. around yeah. stoner. Yeah. And then when he became Heat Vision, he got drive. He got, you know, all this stuff. And so it, I was like, wow, this is, this is not an unthought out thing. You know, this is something that, uh, and I, I'm hoping that I'm not sounding like I'm breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. <laughs> I'm looking at this as like a different person has wrote this because I really was like, when I put on my glasses and like, all right, young Shrub, let's see how you screw it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I would, it definitely needs a trim. It's like 115 pages. I think there's like 10 pages that could easily be pulled out. But I go, why didn't this get picked up? Why didn't this get picked up? Why didn't get this picked up? And you're, you guys are like one of the few people that actually read it. You know, there was a couple executives and, uh, you know, I think, I don't think Dan ever read the final version of it. I think Jack might have read it, but I think it never, never really got out there. So, uh, unlike the pilot, it was just this thing that kind of went away. And, and so, you guys like resurrecting it, really, really, uh, thank you because. I, I look back at it and I go, well, I screwed that up. How did I screw that up? Maybe if I would have done this and that. And, and, the, and at the end of the day, and this is another thing I want to tell to young up-and-comers, that sometimes it's got to, you got to be more than good. Sometimes you got to it, – it, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you do your job, 
do a great job, you know, kind of and like all that, all the eyes. It it has to do with luck, who you're writing to, who you're writing for, what's the state of the the business, this and that. You know, your time will come, but sometimes you might be ahead, sometimes not. You know, I mean, like it's it's something that I I I. I because this is the third time Heat Vision and Jack broke my heart. But at the same time, I look back at it now as this is the beginning of me writing on my own and, and, and having people believe in me and doing my job, even though it didn't go through. I did everything right. It's somebody else that decided this was not the time to do this. I, I would love it if it would get out there. I would love it if people would read it. And if people like it, that would be even better. But um, I'm really, really thankful for you guys to I'm glad you shared it with us. It. And the fact yeah. that you guys even liked it, because I was like going. It's hilarious. I was really happy with it. But if you guys go, yeah, Shrub, you know. Well, it's uh, I've said this on the show before. Uh, some people find it ironic, although I know a lot of other writers who feel this way. As someone who writes movies for a living. I hate reading screenplays. There's just, I love reading books, but there's something about the format. The fact that there's just a blueprint, I don't know, it's like kind of joyless. And we don't do a lot of comedies on the show. So even if it's a good mm -hmm. script, I'm just like, oh, I gotta read all this fucking action movie stuff, whatever. So it was a treat to read something that was a comedy. Uh, oh, and was funny. Yeah. No, I, oh, I feel the same same way. I have dyslexia, and it's difficult for me to read. I'm also same a writer. Here. I'm also a writer with dyslexia, which takes me like double the time to write. Same but, here. But reading this was 115 pages. I opened. I was like, oh no! But it 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 was a pleasure for me to read. It, it went. It was like you said. It's fast, and then like, I get to a scene where like Silver like hit slams into a wall. It with a forklift and then a few seconds later the airbag goes off and I'm fucking <laughs> laughing my ass off because I see it in my head and I'm dying you know yeah, and so it was, it was, if you don't think this stuff's funny I'm sure all the stuff we're reading out loud people are just like that's not funny but like but I, I love that in the yeah. climax when Jack is like giving this big speech to Neela about you know what you know he's like I mean basically it's the like we're not unalike you and I, I have this problem, you have the same problem. And just the end of it, you know, the choice is yours. And at the end of it, then Neela's response is like, no, I refuse to learn anything. Uh, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that, uh, I the, love the whole that. movie, because Heat Vision's one weakness, I think it's the same from the pilot, is that you just push him over. He's a motorcycle, he can't, it's like yeah. turning a turtle upside down. He can't come back up. And now it happens again at the end when Silver comes back after you thought he was dead uh, and pushes over Heat Vision. But this now is Heat Vision 2000, and Jack had built a little arm for him to just push himself back up. Uh, and I'm like, that's great. I was going to yeah. read, I wanted to read a talk, you, you can feel the enthusiasm. And this is also funny to read, too, after you were reading Dan's list of uh, future episode ideas. Yeah. But that the script ends uh, after the awkward hug and defeating Silver when he comes back with them riding off into the sunset and then a montage. Uh, and I think. Uh, Basically, uh, um, 21 Jump Street Part 2 kind of did this same joke oh, yeah. at yeah, the yeah, end yeah. when they show all the future adventures. Um, but then I'm just going to read off this adventures yet to come list. Rad Music accompanies quick cut, mo quick cut montage of the following. Jack and Heat Vision speed down a road. A speed limit sign bursts into flames. Jack punches a werewolf across the face, flipping over Heat Vision. 
Jack and Heat surrounded by sword-wielding skeletons on a pirate ship. Jack sword-fighting with the devil. A blind woman gently touches Heat Vision's lamp. Jack tied to a chair back-to-back -back with Kobe Bryant. A time bomb ticks in the foreground. Jack naked next to a gigantic phone. Realizing he's been shrunk, he screams. Heat Vision punches Mr. Silver into an alligator tank. Jack, I don't know why an alligator tank just seems funny. Uh, Jack fist fights with an evil version of himself from a parallel universe. Heat Vision and Jack materialize in the center of Stonehenge. A car explodes. A house explodes. The earth dot 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 explodes? Question mark. Jack and Heat Vision shoot forward towards us. Knowledge is power. For real. Fade out. The end. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, I remember I, I read it like a couple of weeks ago and I was like almost in tears because I was like I I was like oh, this was very satisfying. It was very satisfying and uh yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. It's 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 a melancholy feel because in a way it was the begin it was the end. It I hate to say it wasn't the end of Heat Vision and Jack because there's there was there's more even more after that, uh, but, uh, but that was like the peak of excitement with Heat Vision and Jack, and it it really was, it was the first time I was taken seriously in this business, without Dan, and uh, and I, it gave me the confidence that kept me. If I if that would have been an absolute disaster, I might have like left. You know, I might have said i can't do this anymore but it really really uh it really it was great it was great and like i said uh, i was mostly um i was mostly just like taken aback with the enthusiasm that's the thing you know like uh, i you know i've gone through so many uh almost but not quite uh situations <coughs> lego 2 and uh i, I you know it, in the last couple of years have felt like, oh, do I got it anymore? Should I hang it up? This is not, this is not what I signed up for or, or whatever. And I remember that's how I felt before Heat Vision and Jack. And the, the fear, the scary of like, this might be my last shot. Let's just go for it. It just doesn't go away. Scud never goes away. I keep getting pe people ask. Heat Vision and Jack never goes away. It's like the, if an idea is good and special mm -hmm. and made out of love and enthusiasm, it kind of get people hang on to it. So I think my advice is never say never. Uh, always be hopeful, but also know when enough's enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, hey, look, if somebody came to me and said, we want to do Heat Vision and Jack, we're not going to be a pain in the ass. Here's written in writing, you know, you know, and say, we are going to make it. We are going to do it. You are going to do it with Jack. You are going to do it with Dan. You are going to direct it. It is for sure going to get made. No notes, whatever. I know this sounds like impossible. <laughs> if somebody said that to me, I would do it for free. Really. I mean, really, because at the end of the day, I don't care about the money. And when you're working your ass off, it could be a billion dollars and it's really not enough. But if somebody says, 
you can do whatever you want, means it, and this will actually see the light of day, I, I, I would do it for free. I would really, really be, in, be totally okay about it because I'm not desperate anymore. Sounds like we need to get a Kickstarter going. I'm going to regret those words. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, but I said, no notes. I said, no notes. Free, oh, no man. notes. That's the contract. I'll sign on the dotted line. Free, no notes. And we'll be on TV or in theaters. Well, on some streaming thing. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, mean I, I, wish, I wish I could be the one that said, yeah, I'll do it if somebody asked. But it's tied up because... Because it was made, because of the whole trying to make it into a movie, the red tape is just dangled up. If it was just the movie or not, just the TV pilot, the rights might have reverted back to Dan and I mm-hmm. by this time. But because it was made into, uh, uh, because scripts were written by multiple writers and people were attached and things like that, and producers were attached, I don't know if there is a. Um, limit or a ceiling to any of that time wasn't one of the zucker brothers attached to direct at one point is that true he's not a a, it wasn't attached to direct but it was their company okay gotcha yeah and and that's when when like like we were we attempted to do it with them but it didn't they just didn't want to make the movie we wanted to do and then i believe pam brady came in and did the the zucker Zucker version okay gotcha you know and she's a genius and she's super funny and stuff but i i i have a feeling she got noted to death and it was a script that tried really hard to emulate what we were trying to do you know and that was very respectful and and stuff but uh you know it just it there's a there was a twinkle that wasn't in there, you know, that the the original pilot had. And that twinkle was just loving what you're doing, loving what you're doing. There, there's something that it doesn't matter if you uh, don't format right or are a terrible speller or are dyslexic and do everything. But if you can see that twinkle, if you can hear the writer smiling on the page, hear it, see it in your mind, <laughs> read yeah. the smile, it no. it that that is something special yeah i always go with because i battled my dyslexia but i always go with the alien story which was um uh, walter hill hated dan o'bannon's first script but it was the face hugger sequence it was the chessberg first that's why he bought that script was that one sequence and that's always in my head as a dyslexic writer you know i'm just as long as i have that 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 chest exploder scene in a script you yeah. know there's always going to be hope and i can't keep beating myself up yeah so i totally I, hear you when i wrote that script i wrote it because i wanted to see it i was like i never will see the heat vision jack tv series and I really wanted to. The fact that we're making a movie, I want to see this. I want to see Jack Black doing this. I want to see Heat Vision the motorcycle doing this. I want bad guys to be like this. I want characters to be like this. I I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I wasn't there to get a paycheck. I wasn't there to work. I was there because I wanted to see that movie. I still want to see that movie. I still want to see more Jack Black martial arts, like in that strip club scene in the pilot. It's like the yeah. funniest thing in the world. Oh, man. And I want to see him get bit by a werewolf now. Oh, so, yeah. so, man, I hope, you know, <laughs> so many streaming services and everything. I, I don't know. I don't want to put anything. I don't know. I'm, I'm 
I don't know. I I I, lo I loved our talk and I loved hearing all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm heartbroken was, uh, by it as well uh, because I wish I could have seen epic. it. It's amazing. Uh, it's so epic. Yeah. You're going to have to cut road. this down. Cut this. Yeah. No cut way. It. Cut it down. <laughs> Put some music behind it. Every time, every time I <laughs> But that's well, the thanks journey so much of it. for uh, coming on, Rob. Where yeah. uh, can people find you on the social medias? Well, I, I'm at on Instagram at Rob Schraub. I'm on uh, uh, Twitter at Rob Schraub, and I'm also on Facebook at Rob Schraub. <laughs> and, uh, ev and and almost every Sunday at five uh, on Pacific time, eight p.m. Eastern, I have. Uh, on my site, Shrab Home Video, a thing I called Found Crap, where I cut together weird stuff, stuff that is so bad it's good, stuff that I just think is fun, old school music videos. It's kind of like in a uh, everything is terrible kind of montage cut together thing. And then after that, it's like a 45-minute show. And then after that, I do uh, what I call Unpack the Crap, which is kind of like the Talking Dead and then I have like a guest on, like this week I'm having Steve Agee on, and we're going to kind of DVD commentary, everything we just watched, and and like the guest will be like, what's that clip? Oh, that's from a movie that this is this, this is from this, this is from this. Or they kind of, in real time, we break down everything that we've seen. And that is the end of our show. Thank you so much to Rob Schraub and thank you to all of you for listening. You can find us at Never Made Film on Twitter and Instagram at Best Movies Never Made. I also recommend you download the Electric Now app. It's a free app. You can watch movies, TV shows, and more importantly, episodes of our podcast and all of the Electric Surge Network podcasts like Rebel in the Rogue, The 430 Movie, and Inglorious Trexperts. Want to thank everyone on the network, like Bill Ritter and our producers, Mark A. Altman and Dean Devlin. Until next time, this is Josh Miller and Steven Scarlatta saying, we won't see you at the movies. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.